Hey, this is Max from the Arkells, and you're listening to Underground Sports Philadelphia. What's going on, everybody? Welcome in to episode number 504 of Underground Sports Philadelphia. It's KB and Matt coming at you from Underground Studios. Next week and a half, we're talking Eagles Super Bowl. We're right around the corner from pitchers and catchers. And uh, the Sixers just continue to uh, do their thing and stick to the status quo of celebrating a team going to a championship and being hungover for the preceding game. That's just what happens. Uh, we're going to talk all about it, uh, but before we get started, make sure you guys are following us on the socials at Underground PHI, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook.com slash Underground Sports PHI. If you're watching live, Twitch.tv slash Underground Sports PHI. You can follow Matt on Twitter at Matt Castarina. Follow me at KBIZZL311. Subscribe to the podcast feed on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, every single episode up on your favorite podcast app choice. Leave a five-star rating and review as well. Once you subscribe, it does go a long way for the show continuing to grow. We're in a golden age right now. Let's get Philly sports on those charts uh, with your favorite independent Philadelphia sports coverage. So just go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, subscribe, leave a five-star rating and review, uh, and share it with your people. It does help the show. Uh, grow to the next level and of course subscribe to the underground sports philadelphia youtube channel that's where you get full video episodes of every single podcast on our network you get clips shorts original content live streams you name it it's going on our youtube channel uh we just uh, had a nice little content meeting the other night too that we got a new series coming directly to our youtube channel in the near future with the one and only pat pitts so you're not going to want to miss out on that uh, we are currently at 372 subscribers as of this recording, so make sure you go subscribe, smash that like button, ring the bell icon, comment down below your thoughts on everything Matt and I discuss on tonight's episode, and big thank you to our sponsors who make this show happen, Main Auto LLC, Security 21, Security Systems, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated, and the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland. What's going on, Matt? Living the dream. We are living the dream. Uh... Eagles in the Super Bowl and our amazing merch partners, PHI Apparel Company, collaborated with us. We released our own big game merchandise capsule uh, celebrating, you know, the Eagles going to Super Bowl 57. Uh, You guys can go to phiapparel.co. It's linked in all of our bios on social media. uh, And it's under the football tab on their website as well. So when you go to shop now, go to football and you'll be able to find it. Kind of took inspiration from, you know, those vintage 90s, early 2000s Super Bowl uh, shirts. And I couldn't be happier with how this one turned out. Uh, go snag that bad boy. We're trying to make this the number one best-selling piece of merch 
on the website, phiapparel.co. And make sure when you guys check out, use code UNDERGROUND for 10% off. Uh, when you get your merch, you can get fire hoodies like I have on right now from all of our podcast merch as well on their website. But gear up. If you order now, you'll get your shirt or hoodie in time for the Super Bowl. Uh, so go phiapparel.co. Use code UNDERGROUND for 10% off your order. Matt, the Eagles are in the Super Bowl. The foundation of what this podcast was built on was the Eagles winning the Super Bowl. And five years later, we're back. It still doesn't feel real. Um 49ers fans are on cope alert, um, but it feels good that the Eagles are back where they belong. Yeah, um, it was the most relaxed, I think, uh, NFC Championship game since the last NFC Championship game for the Eagles. <laughs> um, it, yeah, I think it gives you like that last fourth quarter to the time to really uh, just enjoy the party and start to really soak in the feeling that you're going to the Super Bowl. Um, it did feel a little more dialed in and relaxed this time uh for so many reasons i think you know 2017 the eagles hadn't been to the super bowl in a while at that point and um you know it's just the way it all happened and it was a night game and you know i think that that led to a lot of the extra stuff the extra yeah. celebration afterwards i think now the fact that you have a super bowl and you know the team is so good this year so dominant and i think um people were a little more <laughs> well behaved after the fact um it was not a great game it was certainly not an instant classic. I'm not even sure it's one that you'll like the, the Vikings Eagles game is fun to revisit. Cause there's like big momentum plays and, and all that. There's really not that much in the 49ers game to like revisit. I guess like if you want to go back to a few of the like forced fumbles or something, that's kind of it. Even though the way that Eagles scored their touchdowns were not like amazing. There's just, it's just their usual kind of efficient selves and how they perform this year. So it is not one for the record books. It's not one that you're going to like reflect on and think, wow, just an instant classic. I'm going to be talking about this one for years. Um, it, it's, it's a little bit forgettable, but that's fine because, you, you know, it gives you a Super Bowl berth. Um, and, yeah, I mean, the Eagles now, too, like in their two playoff games, have absolutely demolished their opponents. You know, it's going in 38-7, 31-7. I mean, that's uh, impressive margins to be going through. And I think the the big takeaway, too, from this Eagles postseason run right now, and, like, everybody gets caught up in, you know, great offensive performances. And, you know, that's when everybody gets crowned, you know, the best in the game and, and all this. And we, we love and drool over unbelievable offensive performances. But when defensive stalwart performances happen, it's like, eh, it's, it's not that great, you know. It, it's not that impressive. Like, everybody talking about, how Jalen Hurts hasn't, you know, shown anything this postseason. Well, guess what? He hasn't had to. You know, you're playing against a Giants team that was clearly inferior and beat a a phony opponent in, in their wild card matchup against the Vikings, who everyone knew going into the playoffs. The Vikings were an extremely, you know, lucky. You want to define luck this season? It was the Minnesota Vikings. They were 11 and 0 in one score games, and they got caught with their pants down against the Giants. Uh, and lost their first one-score game of the season when it mattered most. And then the Giants come here. The Eagles clearly show that they're a more dominant and more you know, efficient team than the Giants were. The Giants you know, were lucky to be in the postseason this year. And then the 49ers come in, and it was only a matter of time before the Brock Purdy you know, Cinderella story turned back into a pumpkin. And unfortunately, it happened due to an injury. But like the Eagles' defense proved that they were the more dominant unit on the field in that game and everyone just wants to point to the quarterback because it is an offensive driven league 
but I think the Eagles defense needs to be given a hell of a lot of credit for the way that they performed this postseason. Yeah, I mean, it's the highest sack totals, you know, this century. And, you know, you're talking about putting them up with some of the most iconic defenses of all time. When you look at uh, a lot of the defensive numbers they put up this year, and that was the difference in this game, too. Uh, you know, we listen, Purdy gets hurt, and from there, like, the game is such an uphill battle for the 49ers. And, you know, it starts to kind of wane as a contest, especially as soon as Johnson goes down, too, with the concussion. Like, we all, we're all aware of that, but it is the like definitive play of the game which was a forced fumble and sack by this Eagles defensive line that changes the outcome of this game and you know you don't go out there I think with the intention of hurting someone but you do go out there with the intention of making big plays and changing the game and that's what it did and you know for as much as people want to talk about that ruining the game or whatever like in my opinion Kyle Shanahan ruins the game right when he has a backup tight end trying to block like Hassan Reddick like I'm sorry I know that he's a very smart coach but I think like every alarm bell would be ringing if that's your matchup on the edge. I don't know. Um, maybe instead of yelling at the Eagles for whatever, like we assign some blame to Kyle Shanahan for making a, a, a bad decision on on defensive line. Like this is a defensive line that is as good as any that we've seen uh, again this century. So um, they affected the game like they have all year, and they continue to do that throughout the game. Um, again, even when Johnson is in, we know is not amazing. Um, yeah, they're still disrupting him a lot. Um, and, you know, when you look at the prospects for the Super Bowl, that's a huge advantage that the Eagles have. Uh, you know, I would say there's only one clear position that the Chiefs are much better in, <laughs> and, and they're going to be better than every team in the NFL at the quarterback position. Um, but two weeks for Mahomes to heal up his high ankle sprain, that's not enough if it is indeed a high ankle sprain, and that is an injury that could get re-injured through the course of a game. He's still amazing, um, but this is going to be the best defensive line that he's had to contend with, and you know, you put him under some pressure and you hope that you can you kind of just have to hope that you can force him into one or two bad decisions, right? You're just not going to, you're not going to get what you've got, you know, through these first two playoff games in terms of pressure to quarterbacks and what you've been able to do. But yeah, I, I think the Eagles have shown like all year and, and all these playoffs when it's mattered too. like, you know, you can take whatever you want from the 49ers game. You can take whatever you want from the Giants game too, but the Giants went in and were a very efficient, good offense you know, everyone was raving about Daniel Jones after the Vikings game, and the Vikings obviously don't have a great defense, but, you know, that was the talk of the town, was how good they looked and that they could go into Philly and, you know, make it, and it was no Feeling contest. like 2007. It was no contest, you know, almost immediately. So, um, you know, you can talk revisionism, whatever you want, like about different paths this game could have gone. I, you know, I, I still feel like defensively the Eagles showed it exactly what they were through the course of this season, which is incredibly dominant and suffocating. And yes, it gets easier when it's Christian McCaffrey, you know, running it up the middle, right? Like, and you are much more aware of what the other team's going to do, but you still have to go out there and make those plays. And that's what they did. 100%. And I think, you know, you bring up two ex- two more weeks for Patrick Mahomes to kind of rest. It's also good for the Eagles. It's two more weeks for Lane Johnson to uh, heal up on his retorn groin that he retore against the Giants. Uh, Jalen Hurts gets two more weeks to kind of rest his shoulder up a bit. And, you know, Avante Maddox, you clearly saw his presence out there uh, against the 49ers and how valuable he is to this secondary. He gets more rest for his toe injury. And I think, you know, across the board, you look at kind of the matchups the Eagles are going to have when the Chiefs are on offense. Obviously, Patrick Mahomes is, you know, public enemy number one for this Eagles defense of trying to shut him down. You want to stop Patrick Mahomes from doing as much as possible. But then you look at the weapons that Patrick Mahomes has. 
on the outside with the wide receivers, I love the matchup for the Eagles secondary. You know, with Darius Slay, James Bradbury, Vontae Maddox, C.J. Gardner-Johnson up against the Chiefs receivers, whoever they decide is healthy enough to go out there, whether it is, you know, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Juju Smith-Schuster, Kadarius Toney. Like, I love that matchup for the Eagles. The tight end, obviously, Travis Kelsey is going to get his. You just have to kind of, you know, limit him. You're not going to shut him down. Um, and then the Eagles on, on their run defense. Everyone wants to talk about the Eagles run defense struggling this year. Well, you remove some of the games that Jordan Davis was out for and the one game that they didn't have, you know, Dominican Sue and Linval Joseph up to speed yet. The Eagles re- run defense really caught fire once again, once everybody was healthy and they've been fantastic in the postseason. You know, they, they shut down Saquon Barkley. They didn't let Christian McCaffrey go, you know, buck wild on them you know he got his but did it result in much not really um yeah the one drive where he really yeah. took over uh when johnson first came into the game um but yeah i mean outside of that it was it was moot from there and i mean you're gonna you're gonna deal with isaiah pacheco and we'll talk about that storyline as well but for whatever reason Andy Reid this season, as soon as Isaiah Pacheco kind of worked his way into being a, a full-time starter in the offense, Andy Reid doesn't like to use him in the red zone for whatever reason, and it goes to uh, Jarek McKinnon a ton, and I think if you're able to kind of just, you know, neutralize the Chiefs run game between the 20s and just kind of put your focus on, okay, we need to stop Patrick Mahomes, he's not at 100%, and we got to do whatever we can to, to stop their pass game, I think the Eagles have a as solid of a shot as any team to go toe-to-toe with the Chiefs. Yeah, again, you know, Eagles offense can be just as uh, efficient and good as the Chiefs offense, and they can get it done in, in a lot of different ways. It's going to be a great matchup. I think these are, these are two, you know, any of the four teams, I think, remaining in the playoffs that we had this past weekend, it would have been a great Super Bowl matchup. And I did feel like we did get the, the best Final Four available. Um, and I think... You know, the AFC was a lot more of a toss-up for me, like who's kind of – but, you know, I, I think Chiefs and Eagles are probably the two best teams. Uh, you know, they're the two number one seeds, you know, um, and they've probably been the two best teams over the course of this season. And, yeah, the Chiefs have had to reinvent themselves a few times this year, and this, especially, you know, when you consider losing Tyreek Hill, and I think people really expected them to maybe at least take a small step backwards, but they've been just as good. Mahomes has been just as efficient, likely an MVP winner. Um, you have that. Obviously, I think kind of uh, hasn't come to the surface yet. I think we've been too too busy on the early stuff, the easy stuff like Kelsey Brothers and all that, and Andy, Andy Reid coming back to Philly or like playing Philly again. But you know, the uh, the the MVP discussion, you know, could could very well be a, a big a big point that that people bring up here. So um, I do think the Eagles match up with them well, but it's it's still Patrick Mahomes, you know, and I think. People have flashbacks of last year when the Chiefs came to Philly and it was a, a rout, <laughs> you know, but it's a completely different team. And that was much earlier in the season, too, when the Eagles had not really, you know, I, I think most people would recognize that second half season Eagles was just a different team all around. Um, and yeah, I mean, this year they've been, again, they've been one of the best running teams ever <laughs> in, in football and they've been a, a great defensive line. And, you know, like you mentioned that, that secondary can give anyone problems. Um, when you're up against Mahomes, can't trust it enough. Like he's the great reducer in all that is good about your team. But, you know, I, I think they, they have a good shot at it. I mean, it's not like the chiefs have been impervious, you know, right. like it, it's not like they haven't, you know, that Bengals game was very close, you know, and, and that, they, they, 
it, it wasn't easy for them. The Jaguars game even was not mm-hmm. easy for them, you know, and that's not to say that, you know, they, they still can't win the Super Bowl, but I think we sometimes have in our mind that the Chiefs are like completely just unguardable juggernaut and like, you know, they play close games and they win and, they, and they're very good, but you know, I, I think the idea that they're like, I, I don't know, just like an unstoppable force. People have this tendency to treat them like like the 2015, you know, Warriors or something, like the 2017 or 18 Warriors, where it's like, what do you even do? You know, what's the point? Yeah, like they, you can make games close with them, and I, I think the Eagles are built to do that too. Yeah, and I mean, you look at just kind of the way that the Chiefs play football too. Like, they win, but they don't always cover. And when you look rarely at, you know, cover actually yeah <laughs> when you look at at it from that aspect of you know point scoring and and your defense and everything chiefs rarely cover in any game that they play in um and i think that's just a testament to they have a very solid defensive line like chris jones frank clark are unbelievable uh on the edge but the rest of that defense is not all that in the playoffs, they have this tendency to. I mean, you saw it in the the Bengals game. Mm-hmm. Like they they really gave them a lot of fits, and you know they they don't have the quality that the Eagles' defensive line has. But Chris Jones is obviously going to be a problem. Yeah. And you know everyone's been picking on their cornerbacks. I thought they made huge plays in that mm-hmm. game. And I mean, when you get to this part of the year too, it doesn't matter if you're a rookie anymore. You've played nineteen games yeah. of football, twenty games. You're not of really football. a rookie. Anymore. You're not. You know, like you. You have, are a much more like learned veteran at this point. You've been through months of preparation, and now like, you know, it is a much different thing than than playing them the first week of September. You know, now when you're playing them at the Super Bowl, um, yeah, I think there's they're just two teams that are hard to separate. And um, yeah, I mean, it was not the best championship weekend either. You know, like the the Chiefs Bengals game was was fun and engaging. You know, I, I even stayed up to watch it because it was it was that close and that kind of uh, back and forth, but. Um, you know, even that didn't feel, didn't feel, we were the kind of hoping for like a, um, what we got with the Bills Chiefs last yeah. year in the division round and that, you know, just never, never really materialized, which is not surprising because the Chiefs Bengals games have been good, but they've not been like electric games, you yeah. know, where it's like, oh my God, you know, just offense everywhere. Like it's been big, like clutch drives and, you know, just like talent making the big plays when they have to, which is exciting in, in kind of a different way. So um yeah that was that was a fun watch like we said the eagles 49ers was not (laughs) not one we'll revisit which is fine uh and i mean you just look at this eagles team too and i I saw some people talking about this on twitter and just the the age we're in with our favorite sports teams you look at the eagles with jalen hurts you look at the phillies with bryce harper the sixers with joel Embiid, and now kind of you know tyrese maxey as well as kind of the the next young guy that's coming up and endearing himself himself to the fans. And then even with the union, like Bedoya has been, you know, the the mouthpiece for that team for years. It's it's so different, I think, from when we were growing up where like and obviously social media has a part in this, but like we have guys who genuinely like want to win for the city. Yeah, I mean think of it too, like the Eagles are a very accomplished team and organization. You know, like I 2017 is the first time they win the Super Bowl, technically, right? But, um, you know, all of our lives, they've always been a competitive team. You know, they, they went to a ton of NFC Championship games for us as kids and, and teenagers. And um, they've always been a team that is in the playoffs, in conversations for the playoffs, winning division titles. Like, if you just look, we 
it is a, a, a blessed bunch to be mm-hmm. an Eagles fan, truly. Like, they, they've had a lot of success that teams would genuinely, like, murder for. You know, like, they would actually probably kill someone to have what the Eagles have had, um, even with only the one Super Bowl, like, to, to be – and to be back in – not many teams are able to make it back to the Super Bowl within yeah. five years. Like, that that really is an accomplishment as well um, and, and speaks a lot to their ability to pivot. We talked a little bit about this in the preview last week, just, like, where this team was in, like, 2020 – and where they are now, like that's a huge, it's just a huge shift. It's it's cultural shift, it's roster shift, like everything. And you look at the future that they have too, like it's very bright. You know, you have Jalen Hurts still in a rookie contract next year. Like you still have ways that you can improve this team. You still have a, a top pick in the draft this year. Like there's there's a lot to be, I think, like hopeful about here for, for the Eagles. So um, yeah, I mean, all around, you know, like obviously Union and Phillies were in in their finals or champions or world series you know this year and it didn't end up great but i do think there's something to the aspect of like you know when other teams are doing it it feels like just like fans of other teams it sort of bleeds mm-hmm. like into that belief you know um and I, I think that can be a really contagious and good thing and yeah i mean it's been it's been a year that hasn't like rewarded us yet maybe this is you know where we, we start to get it at least the last year not like 2023 but right you know, we've had a lot of great moments, um, you know, like with the Phillies run, with the Union run, and even now the Sixers have, like, turned a little bit of a corner with us and, and you're starting to get, like, excited about them again. Um, yeah, you know, I, I think, like I said, the Eagles have, have been a very, very good team for my entire life, and I've, I've never really had, like, a bad stretch. They've had bad years, but there's mm-hmm. never been, like, three or four years where it's, like, it's not even worth watching. Yeah, it's, like, one every, like, eight years. Yeah, it, like, pops which up. is, like crazy <laughs> again i can't trust that enough like teams would literally i'm, I'm not kidding i'd like if you gave an owner of a team the option to like press a button and murder someone in the world for that type of success they're pressing that button 700 times yeah. like they are. like 2014 when they went 10 and 6 and missed the playoffs and then missed it the last year of chip kelly like back-to-back years of missing the playoffs for the eagles is so rare like it just doesn't happen and that was like a disaster yeah that was like a a a spiritual disaster and people were like questioning the soul of this team and what, like, how do you even reconcile this? And that's like, that's, <laughs> that's like the Lions of the last, like, you know, that's the Jets. Like, that, that is just what other teams have had to live with all the time, you know, with, with, with no even slight joy in between. So it's cool to be back in the Super Bowl. Um, I think it was even cooler because the game kind of allowed you to, it took a little bit of the edge off. And again, it felt like at halftime, even, it was like, yeah, this is, this is all us, you know, like we're, we're going back and that, that was exciting. You know, and you got to settle in for the AFC game and sort of like, all right, like, you know, like, who do we, who do we want? You know, who right. do we want? <laughs> um, there's no great answer to that question, but you know, it's, it's, uh, it's great. It, I mean, it's, it's great that you're, again, you just don't get it. These are the good times, like enjoy them because there's no guarantee either. You know, it was the same when we talked about with the union with, with the Phillies, like, Sure, it feels great now, and, like, all of that I just said about the Eagles' future, like, it looks bright, but, like, you never know. Like, you mm-hmm. never know when you're going to be back. If you if I said to you right now the Eagles won't be back in a Super Bowl for another 14 years, people would be like, no, nah, like, they'll be back next year or the year. Yeah. Like, but you never know. Like, you just don't know. You don't know when, you're, when your window closes. You don't know when that that is the last time or that's that was your best chance at it. Um, yeah, that, and that's just the reality. So you got to take advantage of it while it's here. 100%, and, you know, the, the after-game – celebration was fantastic everybody was bringing that energy uh just like our friends over at dubby energy our new partners uh dubby is clean natural caffeinated 
energy to keep you focused and ready to rock and roll throughout your day. Uh, they are the top of the line. W is using a formula that includes NeuroFactor, which is patented uh, to help with brain cognitiveness. It helps you stay focused. Uh, and W also contains vitamins, amino acids, and nootropics, like I said, including that patented NeuroFactor. But what it doesn't have, it's zero calories, no sugar, no maltodextrin, no fillers, and no artificial colors. Uh, they are dropping new stuff. They're always on social media asking for, you know, input from followers and everything like that. Uh, so you guys can go to w.gg, check out everything that they've got. They just dropped the new Black Widow shaker, which is black with the red W logo on it. Uh, but go to w.gg and use code underground. When you check out, you get 10% off any and all orders. Get your tubs. They're going fast. The fruit punch, the push and punch is sold out. Uh, but they're working on restocking that pretty soon. Uh, but they got the big energy tears as they go to war on big energy, which is your blue raspberry flavor. The Dragonade is fantastic. Dub Sludge, which is Granny Smith Apple and Secret Sauce. They've got Passion Joy Tea, which is iced tea flavored. Um, they've got great stuff. It's fantastic. Go to W.GG. Use code underground for 10% off your order. The celebration photos and everything, Matt, after the game were just fantastic. Scrolling through Twitter, seeing all just the the pure, uh, you know, contained chaos that was Broad Street was phenomenal. Um, saw a photo that one of our listeners posted. We put it on our Instagram. Shout out to at uh, Phil's08Champs on Twitter and Instagram. Um, somebody setting off fireworks, and I saw somebody say, where the hell did you motherfuckers get fireworks in January? Um, more collapsing uh, septa stations. As soon as I saw that picture, before I saw the video, like I, when I saw it like live, <laughs> Jesus. when I saw it live, I was like, "This is uh, those are not meant to handle weight. <laughs> like yeah. they're handle, meant to handle the weight of like snow. They're not, if that. <laughs> like, those are not meant for like a dozen people to be standing on. So, I hope everyone is okay. There was that. I saw a photo. Uh, it was uh the Eagles going to the Super Bowl in four frames, and it was girl climbing up on one of those things posing on one and then on the ground with a mm. neck brace smiling yeah. and then in the hospital with the neck brace um just so many characters out in the streets it's always fun watching the the videos out there and everything super bowls in arizona i forget if the chiefs played in arizona this year or not but i don't know how much of that plays a factor the eagles did play in arizona earlier this year I don't know how much of a factor that plays uh, for the Eagles that they know that turf out there and how kind of shitty it is, too. Um, they did play at the Cardinals okay. as well. So, I mean, that's an advantage for both teams, kind of knowing that field and how it can kind of be pretty messed up. Um, the Eagles are technically the home team, so they'll be wearing their green jerseys. Um, they get to practice at the Cardinals' home facility as well. So that's a an added bonus there um, for the Eagles. They get the, kind of the the home amenities of the Arizona Cardinals, but I don't know. I the the field in Arizona is something that is a little concerning. Yeah, um, it's not like the best playing surface, but you know, I, I think in a one off game, you just kind of uh, <laughs> cross the fingers and hope no one like <laughs> uh, plants too hard. But um, yeah, I, I think it's. You know, it's nice, too, because I think both teams, obviously, like, the core of this team, of the Eagles team, is not totally from 
the last Super Bowl, but you do have enough people that I think were around that, you know, as so many people talk about uh, like the week leading up and how hectic it is and what a schedule change it is. Like you're away from your family or at least parts of your family, like depending on your situation. And uh, it's just like a different routine. And then like the Super Bowl itself is like, Tom Brady always said this too, that it's like, um, it's really easy to have these like emotional letdowns within it too, especially at halftime because halftime is, is longer. Mm-hmm. So it's like really easy to like really kind of lose yourself in that halftime mode and like get, get your emotions peaking and, and lulling at the wrong time. So having people that have like experienced that and are, are like aware and like how to navigate that situation is, is big, you know, like it's, you know, we, we don't think about that kind of stuff very much, but you know, every little bit counts. So yeah, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see just kind of how this, this next week unfolds. We were talking about the injuries, you know, like that's, that's going to be the big thing. Like everyone's going to be on Mahomes' ankle. Um, that's going to be like the huge thing. Travis Kelsey was like questionable going into the game against the Bengals because of back spasms. Um, you know, obviously I have to think that that could potentially like be all their, like all their wide receivers essentially are, you know, dealing with injuries. And then, yeah, the Eagles, like you said, lane, you know, gets two weeks to <laughs> duct tape the groin to whatever <laughs> ends. And Jalen, too, with his shoulder, you know, like still, uh, he still is not like 100% with that, but it gives him another two weeks now that he's able to like really. And again, when it's the final game of the season and, you know, you, you don't have to worry about next week, you know, maybe, and this is it. This is for your legacy, too. Like, and uh, for your next contract as well for Jalen, right? Like, it's going to be very hard to not, you know, get a big contract deal, uh, not just when you take your team to Super Bowl, but also win them a Super mm-hmm. Bowl. So um, there's going to be a lot of incentive, I think, for guys to go out there and just really, not that they need it. It's a Super Bowl. Like, what do you, you know? It, it didn't even cross my mind until I saw the tweet, too. Um, it is pretty crazy that this is the very first Super Bowl where both starting quarterbacks are black. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a... I'm, it's crazy too because you know, the Eagles have, have had like two very successful black quarterbacks. Really, if you get really Vic four. too, you know, yeah. But like in like the modern, yeah. like you have Cunningham as well, obviously too. But like go to the Super Bowl, you know, and and be like the guys, you know, like and be the faces of the league and be very very good quarterbacks. Like that is not just hasn't been common, you know. And um, yeah, Mahomes himself as well. Like it's just not. It is, but you know, like it, it's obviously been a, a position that historically has been a white dude you know so it is cool that you're getting uh just kind of a different different feel different perspective now too of like guys coming through and i think too like people have just recognized that like i think too like the way we talk about athletes a lot can be like without realizing it you can stereotype very easily about the white quarterbacks and how they always do their homework or whatever and the black quarterback was always like categorized as being like mobile like he uses his legs not a great throw and it's like i think we've moved past that in some part, I, mm-hmm. I think there's still like issues there, right? But I think in general, we've accepted the fact that like, first of all, you can improve as a quarterback. Like who you are as like a junior in college is not who you have to be at, you know, when you're 26. But, you know, I think we've we've understood that like, yeah, actually like being able to like move and be like quick and be able to like be a threat from rushing is actually a really good thing. And it's actually like the most valuable thing you can be now. Um you know, it's not just about being a statue in the pocket anymore. Like you have to have these multiple skills and not that that like transcends like race or whatever, but like, I think in the past, like quarterbacks that would have been relegated to Lamar, like they tried turning into a wide receiver. It's like, that's stupid, you know, like, but it's like in years past, like you probably would have, you know, like, and we wouldn't have been able to do that. So I think it's, it's cool. It's, it's in some ways a sign of progress too, I think. And yeah, I mean, it's, it is kind of surprising though, when you think about it, 
you know, it's, it's the first time it's happened. Yeah, because I saw, I think it was Eagles Nation tweeted that uh, the Eagles are like leaps and bounds ahead of every team in the NFL when you include those four with Randall, McNabb, Vic, and now Jalen Hurts uh, for starts in franchise history by a black quarterback. And Super Bowl 57 will be start number 370 um, by a black quarterback for the Eagles. So that's pretty awesome. Um, and it's just, it's wild that it's, you know, taken this long for that to be a thing, but it's a historic Super Bowl from that aspect. Uh, historic for uh, Jalen Hurts in a, a number of ways. He's the youngest quarterback in Eagles franchise history to lead the team to the Super Bowl. And uh, he's the first uh, quarterback, obviously, to have that all-women's management team. And his uh, agent is the first black female agent to uh, represent a starting quarterback in the Super Bowl. So that's another you know milestone there. Um, and it's crazy when you look at who is on this Eagles roster, too, and some of the like big like names that when you look at the NFL in our lifetime, it's like, wow, this is the first time they're going to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Darius Slay. Um, you know, and then him teaming back up with Adamican Sue when they were in Detroit. Obviously, Sue won with Tampa Bay, but um, AJ Brown, AJ Brown. You know, big names who have just never been to the Super Bowl and now get that opportunity. Yeah, I mean AJ Brown. You know, first year with the team. <laughs> you're right. Uh, you're right at it. Um, yeah, it's 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 cool like to see those guys get that experience as well. And uh, I mean, I wish it was this weekend. <laughs> and. Uh, you know, we had the the big trade this morning of draft picks and Sean Payton to Denver. After the game on Sunday, Jonathan Gannon like flat out said that he's not going anywhere, and like you kind of have to take that with a grain of salt. But now that we're seeing like the head coach landscape kind of fill itself out, I think the Cardinals are the only team left that are still looking to hire their coach, and they seem to be heavily linked to Brian Flores to be their next coach. It does kind of feel like Jonathan Gannon's staying. Yeah, you know, it's it's hard to see. Um, D'Amico Ryan takes the Texans job pretty much the day after uh, the the championship loss. So, yeah, there, there's not many out there. And, um, yeah, Peyton takes the Broncos. Like, there's just – Carolina hired Frank Reich. Right. Like, it's it's all kind of dry. Even coordinator positions, too, are like – I mean, he's not making a, a sideways move. Uh, so, yeah, it, it seems like you're going to be able to run it back with this, um, this, like, coaching staff for the most part unless something unforeseen happens. Um yeah, and I mean, too, we got, like, massive retirement today with <laughs> with Tom Brady. 2.0. Uh, yeah, 2.0. Um, this one feels real. I yeah. think I think because he looked us right in the eyes and said it. <laughs> uh, Someone said, imagine you're walking your dog, and you just I mean, look over in the dunes, and Tom Brady's announcing his retirement. I mean, honestly, that's, like, uh, it's a crazy moment. Um, so we'll see. You know, we'll see if he actually stays retired. But, I mean, that obviously adds a different layer, too, right? Because now the Buccaneers were a team that – has to be interested at least in the quarterback market this offseason um you know they have some coaching positions to fill st- still too i think right I, yeah I don't they know fired they, byron left right i don't know that they filled that that spot and um that division frank reich probably feels a little better about taking that panther job yeah. too now right like it's uh that division is not exactly at at its optimal level so that's obviously going to send some some shockwaves because i think you know Tom Brady was being linked to like some other places, like the 49ers, even the Jets, Raiders. like the Raiders. You know, like there was there's lots of conversation about where he might go. So, um, again, you know, fool me once, you know, but I, I it did feel like he uh, he's done. Yeah, which is amazing. I mean, in some ways, 
I, I was actually kind of happy he won in Tampa in like, because mm-hmm. like at a certain point you reach a threshold. Like this is just my own personal feeling where it's like, even though I don't really like care for Tom Brady, like it's cool that he won another one and now it's like it. You just reach that tipping point. It's like actually I kind of just want to see this guy win like three more. You know, because I can just because I can say like, yeah, that's he's the best. Like yeah. you know, it's the best I ever saw. Like you just won wherever he went. Like you know, there's something cool about getting to like witness that in your life is the same way I felt about like LeBron when he went mm-hmm. to Lakers even I don't care for it, but it's like yeah that's really cool you know like I, I don't know I think it's it's cool that um you see these guys that have been around for your entire lives essentially like I really haven't known the NFL without Tom Brady yeah um and just be like uber successful and like I don't know it's we listen to like our like parents and even like our grandparents talk about like the greats from like their generation whatever it's like it's gonna be kind of hard to beat Tom Brady like it's gonna be <laughs> And it is pretty cool that Nick Foles and the Eagles are the last team to beat Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. Yeah, so we'll always have that. Um, yeah, Tom retires. There was allegedly a video of Aaron Rodgers throwing to Devontae Adams on social media today. Well, Aaron Rodgers probably super pissed, too, because yeah. he can't retire because there's no way that he's sharing a limelight in their Hall of Fame induction with Tom Brady. Well, well, now does Aaron Rodgers go to Vegas? I don't know where he goes. Because it, wherever he goes, because apparently the Packers said they're only trading him to an AFC team. They're not trading Which him to makes the NFC. Sense. But they have to decide this, this yeah. offseason because of the way his contract is. The dead money goes significantly like up. $60 million. Um, so, like, wait, if he's staying, if he's not traded, he's, like, there for the next, it's, like, another year, yeah. right, outside of next. So, yeah. <laughs> okay. We'll, we'll get Which, some clarity. You know, obviously we don't want to look too far ahead, but, like, for the Eagles and the future with Jalen Hurts as the franchise quarterback of this team for what we hope is the next decade, who else in the NFC has a quarterback? Like, obviously, Dak is in Dallas, but... Might be a different tune after this draft. Right. You know? Um, but you look around the NFC, the NFC is kind of like that older guard of quarterbacks as opposed to the AFC yeah. where all the young guns are. Like, you have Jared Goff in Detroit, who's kind of, you know, had a career resurgence, but... You know, is not winning not, you the Super Bowl, right? And you know, Stafford's in L.A. He, who knows if he is the same again after his surgery and everything. Rodgers is closing in on forty. Brady's now retired. Um, you know, Daniel Jones, Kirk Cousins. <laughs> well, you're not you're not gonna believe in the Jameis Winston uh, resurgence, or well, who knows where he he yeah. ends up? Sam you know? Darnold, uh, Desmond Ritter, not a big Desmond Ritter guy. That's I'll give the Bears credit <laughs> with Justin Fields. Sure, but like they As, won three games this year, like right. and he could not stay healthy. You know, right? I I love he's what kind he of can the do. Biggest question mark. I love what he is like. He's gonna get a lot of Jalen Hurts comparisons this yeah. offseason. I think so. That's a little unfair on both of them. Right. Um. I love what like the explosiveness that like Justin Fields gives you, but like, I, is that you know, sustainable? Is it sustainable? And also like still was not comfortable throwing the ball, but people said the same things about Jalen hurts. So yes. he can certainly improve, but yeah, I mean, there, there isn't 49ers are the biggest question mark ever. Right. Uh, the AFC is definitely like, stacked with quarterbacks. Um, like you can make the argument right now, Jalen hurts the best quarterback in the NFC. It would be hard to argue otherwise. I yeah, I, I really don't know who else. Cause Seattle's got Geno. It's, it's really like him and Dak. I think, yeah. right? at, at the top, and then that's and that's Dak kind is of it. is gonna be thirty next year, right? And and Dak is not. He's not had like even the success that Jalen has <laughs> already. You know, which isn't totally fair, but um, yeah, I mean they get rid of Kellen Moore too. By the way, that's 
Delta to LA. I, you know, it's going to be interesting with someone, the AFC quarterbacks, like request a trade or like leave so they can go <laughs> when, when Lamar is in the NFC in the next two years somewhere and, and in a much happier, uh, happier space. So yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. Cause I mean, in Washington, you know, Oh, they're, they're planning for Sam Howell. So, <laughs> The uh, next, the next, the next man up. There's like no quarterbacks. It's going to be interesting over the next X amount of years too. With Again, where if quarterbacks it, end up from the draft. If you are like just like thinking about the Eagles' future, like yeah, it's <laughs> like looking nice. It, it, I mean, honestly, like in the NFC, like the teams way ahead of ourselves. But you know, like if you look at just even next year, like it's really the 49ers, Eagles, and Cowboys again. You know, at the top, at least regular season wise. Mm-hmm. Like I, I don't know. Again, it's so early. It's pre-draft. It's pre-free agency. But like, just think about it now. Like, it's like, like we said, the the, the quarterback situation, which can change. You know, like we could an unforeseen trade. But like, even the guys that are in the market, like Jimmy Garoppolo, the 49ers have said is not going to return mm-hmm. next year. He is not someone that I don't feel is like making a team. All, you know, like, I'm I'm just trying to think of like him on like a, a team that is like kind of just needs a quarterback, and like I don't know that he's making that difference. Like, Tampa, I don't. Are they even are they, are they as good as they are this year? Like yeah, which is like a, a team that makes the playoffs, but ultimately like because you know, uh, yeah. in part because of their division. Like on Carolina, is he like Carolina's a great defense, but like just not sure that that's a team that's winning like twelve games and is winning in the NFC. I, you know, I just I don't see it. I don't I don't know. It would be funny for Jimmy Garoppolo to go where Brady just left. Would be hilarious. <laughs> um, at least for like the bit, but yeah, you know, Derek Carr is like not really moving the needle in a in a real big way. So another guy that's 30, 30 right. plus, you know, it's gonna be interesting with the landscape of the quarterbacks. And you know, as Eagles fans, you you gotta feel good about the position we're in right now. We're obviously gonna be covering as much of the Super Bowl and everything antics wise that goes on over the next week and a half. So make sure you guys are following us there. Uh, but pivoting to the hardwood. It's brought to you by our friends over at Kenwood Beer. It's the official beer of Underground Sports Philadelphia. And since Kenwood has been in the Wells Fargo Center, the Sixers are, I believe, a whopping 12-3, and 11-3, something like that. Since Kenwood Beer has entered the Wells Fargo Center, you can get big Kennys whenever you go to the Wells Fargo Center now. Uh, and you can also use that all-new and improved Kenny Tracker to see who's got Kenwood Beer on tap in the Philadelphia area. you got to be 21 or older to do so, and of course, please drink responsibly. Matt, you haven't been on since uh, Saturday's showdown with the Joker. Uh, what a, and what then a nice weekend. <laughs> Monday's uh, hangover game against the Magic, but what a game for the Sixers. You know, against the Nuggets, uh, Joel Embiid just does a, a goddamn double-up on Jokic in the stat department ESPN absolutely disgusting display of uh posting and captioning I don't know if you saw any of that oh there's 71 points the, the YouTube caption of yeah. they combined for 71 points and the only two videos they posted from the game were uh George Niang and Shake Milton yelling at each other and then Harden doing his little sneaky off the bench uh defensive technical foul we are just we are truly the conspiracy theorists of the NBA. It's great. Like we are just convinced everyone hates us, um, and I love it. I wouldn't have it any other any other shape. There's also Monday was the Markel Fultz return. Yeah, um, played terribly, <laughs> so still won, of course. But um, Saturday's game was great. 
it was the exact type of performance that we've seen from Embiid over the years. It's never quite come in a moment exactly like this, um, but it is the type of game and performance that people will remember, whether it's fair or not. Um, you know, when it comes time to vote for things and, and stuff like that, like a lot was made of him not starting the All Star game. Ultimately, I think it's ridiculous that he isn't. I also think it's a ridiculous, like, there's a lot of hand-wringing over that, and it's like, he's still going to be an all-star. Does it, like, I don't know. Does it really matter if he's starting the game? Or, like, I get it. It's it's dumb that he isn't, but I'm also not sure it was, like, the end of the world. But clearly, it pissed him off, which is fair. He's allowed to feel slighted by it. Doesn't matter what I think. Um, and I did see, too, if he took away the fan vote and beat started. Right. I think, ultimately, too, like, this has come down to more than the frustration with the MVP stuff over the last few years and that he has felt very deserving, I- I'm sure, and I think that he's been deserving of winning the MVP. And uh, he feels overlooked. I think in general he is. I think mm-hmm. it's, it's very hard to say that Embiid is not overlooked nationally. And th- this is not like a Sixers victim complex thing. Right. I really do feel that Embiid is not given the same credit that other players are. He's leading the league in scoring. He's literally like one of the most efficient scorers in NBA history. Like He's no limits to what he can do offensively and he's in, in in his body like it's just amazing like it's amazing what he can do it's amazing how gifted he is and the defensive impact he can still have like i don't know it's not easy to win in this like modern era with like a big man um especially like it's just not easy you know like, and we'll see like how his career shapes up ultimately but like he is comfortably the best sixer i've seen in my lifetime uh one of the best players i've seen in my lifetime like he's amazing and he showed that all in that game um and you know it it showed too like again i'm not getting reeled back in with the sixers but it showed like he is the he is capable of being the best player in a series which is what you need to win Mm -hmm. a series which is what you need to win a finals too like you need to have a guy that can absolutely take over a game and he's never totally done that in the playoffs he's never in a bad performance in the playoffs but he's had like good moments he's never had like a takeover moment like that and this is a regular season so it's like whatever but you know the stakes were there in the game and they were down and leaves a comeback and, you know, puts the nail in the coffin at the end. Like he just, he just had it all that game. And I think it's a huge performance and it's one that we might reflect on for a while, especially if he goes on to win an MVP this year. I think this will be the game, you know, barring some other like great performance that he has. But I think this will really be the game that people uh, look back on. And I mean, if you want to go full blown conspiracy, the tired take is this was the Joel Embiid game. The wired take is that this was the P.J. Tucker game. Yeah. I mean, P.J. Tucker, like, it's funny because, like, this was kind of the performance that you want out of P.J. Tucker. Like, this is, you know, like or or dislike his contract, all that stuff. Like, you you went out and got him because you know this year, especially, like, he can, like, give you performances like this where, like, yeah, maybe in years gone by, like, Embiid isn't able to do this because he has to do so much more work defensively on someone like Jokic, right? And you haven't had someone that can disrupt – and, and play the way, you know, Tucker does. And, you know, it's why he's been an asset to a lot of playoff teams the last few seasons. Um, you know, so there, there's a lot of importance there, like in, in the way that he, the way that he kind of shapes and alters the game in a little bit. The, the Sixers have not had that type of capability. And, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see too, obviously what they do for their trade deadline now. Um, you know, they're, they're in a good spot in the conference. Technically, the first seed is still within reach. It's going to be tough, like you know, to, to beat out the the Celtics and the Bucks for the, for that top race. But um, you at least have that knowledge that listen, you know, Daryl Morey has not been afraid in his career to like take uh, big swings and, and make a big move to try and like 
really push the chips in when he feels like he has the team. Maybe he feels that way about this team and like maybe this is the time to do it. But uh, I am going to be interested to see what they do in the trade deadline. The game is great. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I just I love it. I love watching it. Yeah. And Jason Dumas is very tapped in with the Sixers. Uh, tweeted today. A source says the Sixers have no plans to make any major roster changes at the trade deadline, but they will be in the market for a backup point guard, shooter, and a backup center that can play with or without Montrez Harrell. There is a market for Matisse Thibel. Multiple playoff teams that need defensive help have inquired. The Sixers are open to moving him. Yeah. So they're not going to make any massive moves, but <laughs> they're in the market for about three different styles of player. Which has like been the kind of it was like the three players that the Sixers have been looking for for the last like five years. So yeah. um, not surprising. Um, yeah, like a backup big man would be nice. I think if you can make an upgrade there, that could be uh, really, really huge. Like this is where you miss Andre Drummond. <laughs> I wish that he was back. Um, but yeah, I mean, even someone like Thibel, who, you know, it, his future seems very unclear with the Sixers. So like just kind of feel like maybe you cash in now, even if it's not anything great you know if you can find someone that's a little more useful for you this year and going forward like that might be might be really helpful to you um but yeah you know they obviously don't have a ton of capital to work with to begin with and you know they get into the repeater tax next year which is gonna you know make the payments like you know so maybe there's a little <laughs> maybe there's a little incentive to uh to do that we'll see you know like it's it's hard to really tell this team has not been easy to predict over the last few years, um, even with Maury, who's, who's been a little bit more stable, like some of the moves that we've made have not been ones that I don't know people expected or, or thought were going to happen. So, yeah, I mean, it'll be a cold day in hell when the Sixers are not looking for a backup point guard. Right. Um, that's been like the case since the process era. Um, right now, Sixers leading the Magic 37 to 26 at the Wells Fargo Center as the Magic are in down for two. Um, but I mean, they are. Do you, I know it sounds dumb, but like in theory, you know, when we were talking about the the other teams kind of seeing, you know, the successes of the Phillies and then the Union and now the Eagles, like, do you think there's a, just a sprinkle of motivation from, you know, the Embiid's, the Hardens, the Maxis, and like seeing the success around this city and being like, yo, we want next? Uh, Perhaps I, I think you know like when you're yeah when you when you see those big games and things like that like I think it can make you be like damn like I want you know I want to have those moments you know mm -hmm. I, I like I want to um, yeah I'm sure they were like a bunch of them were at the the Eagles game and I'm sure like it must feel cool to like in some way be part of that but also be like damn yeah what a photo that was right like a real who's who um, so yeah I think it, I think it can influence them ultimately though I think they all want it no matter what yeah. you know I, I don't know that they need like if you're at that level like that is your motivation and beat has been clearly motivated like his entire career like has been like again if you talk about just a case study and like improving as a player in like every way imaginable like it's a guy that's just never quit like never not improved himself never come back and like not added something so like i i think that that energy and motivation has like always been with him i, I don't i again just it's it's don't want to turn it too much into an Embiid gush fest, but like honestly, like I, what, what more do you ask of this guy and like what he's he's given and his talent? Like, feels like the player that maybe we just you know people in general haven't appreciated enough, despite all the the, the plaudits that he does get. Like, I think he he needs even more. So, but yeah, I, I think the motivation is always always there with him. But I I do think there is something to the fact that like when you've had some championship runs now this this past year and you have like the that big momentum, 
and that feeling of belief within like the city and within the fans too. Like, you know, we, we've all been in those situations too, where it's like, it's just kind of a different energy when like everything is kind of going well and you go to like a game or whatever, like, you know, people are in just like better moods in general. Like there's less to be mad about. <laughs> I can remember like after the Eagles Super Bowl, even like there was like a real boon and like just mm -hmm. how with, I remember all the Philly teams like won for like a month straight. Yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> like, you know, like a, and maybe those things are just random, but you're like, I do think there's something to the effect of like, you know, when the fans are really happy and like other things are going well, I think it, it just sort of bleeds and, and all blends together. Yeah. And then the Philly signed Jake Arrieta and it all went downhill. Right. <laughs> uh, but the Phillies did make a signing uh, during the Eagles game, which was strange timing. Real G's moving silence like lasagna. It's like, of course, John Heyman's tweeting about a signing right now. Uh, but Josh Harrison's back. Uh, he was signed during the 2020 season, but then the Phillies cut him because they didn't want to have to pay the tax. Uh, and now they're bringing him back as a kind of utility bench role player uh, and going over the second tax threshold by signing him. Sam Coonrod designated for assignment. Um, I like the move. You know, a uh, friend of the program, Alex Carr, who uh, is writing for the Phillies SI um, Fan Nation did a you know interview with him a couple three years ago when the Phillies initially signed him for the good fight and he said Josh Harrison is like the the team player the locker room type of guy that you want on a team and it felt like you know the Phillies like just let him get away and uh, now that he's back I think it's a, a good move you know especially after the Phillies make that big trade with the Tigers and send two you know good vibes locker room guys to Detroit you bring in a good vibes you know locker room guy who's gonna help you you know navigate through the the first half of the year without Bryce Harper um I I like the move it's two million dollars and like we've always said there's rarely any such a thing as a bad one-year deal yeah you know it, you have an escape hatch and uh it's fine I I actually really like where the the Phillies roster is at right now feel comfortable um where we're on like two weeks till the till we get reported so. here so um feels good feels good to you know, once, once the Eagles are, are done next weekend, it's going to be really time to start um, at least thinking and hoping about them. And, you know, but, yeah, it's uh, it's exciting. Yeah, I mean, you look at Philly's depth chart right now, like pitching rotation just looks gorgeous. Taiwan Walker in the mix there. And then, uh, you know, you're adding to this infield Josh Harrison along with, you know, Edmundo Sosa, Scott Kingry. <laughs> um you know, Bryson Stott now at second base. It's going to give Bryson Stott some time off, you know, for certain games if you need it. Um, but, yeah, I, I really like where the Phillies roster's at, and I think we're like 15 days away from pitchers and catchers, and then I think first spring training report date is February 20th. So yeah. we're right around the corner uh, from the Phils, and we're a month away, Matt, from Survivor. Yeah, which is uh, sneaking up on us too. Sneaking up can't wait um it's gonna be one hell of a survivor season we got former nfl player on the cast and you know as it inches closer we'll be talking survivor once again but eagles are in the super bowl this is kind of that one you know lull period for uh the nfl where there's not much going on because teams aren't in arizona yet but you know next week media day happens and we're gonna be tapped in our our anniversary show next wednesday planning some big stuff for that we are going to officially announce the uh hall of fame on our show next week 
the Underground Sports Philadelphia Hall of Fame ballot will go live next week. Uh, and we also have a giveaway going on on our Twitter right now. Uh, it's our pinned tweet that we will announce the winner on Wednesday as well. Giving away a, a Dewani Jalen Hurts print. It's super dope. Like all of her art is. Go check it out. Uh, it's super simple. It's our pin tweet at Underground PHI on Twitter. Go enter that bad boy. Share it with your people. And uh, let's keep the good vibes rolling as the Eagles head into Super Bowl 57. Uh, yes or no to Travis and Jason Kelsey's mom doing the coin flip? Uh, yes. <laughs> I feel like that would be unbelievable. First mom to have her uh, sons facing off in the Super Bowl. You you tired of the the Kelsey brothers stuff? In the I also loved. Uh, I think it was Kyle Brandt tweeted. Tired. Andy Reid used to be the coach of the Eagles. Wired. It was Nick Sirianni as like a assistant coach for the Chiefs. The only good Kelsey brothers content is when people are posting the pictures of them at Cincinnati. Now just absolutely zero eyeballs. <laughs> just gruff they look. <laughs> It's incredible. Uh, their new episode of the podcast is the number one podcast on Apple Podcasts right now. Uh, but go make us number two because it's probably going to be impossible for us to be uh, number one with the Kelsey Brothers content. But make sure you guys are following us on the socials at Underground PHI, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook.com slash Underground Sports PHI. Follow Matt on Twitter at Matt Castorina. Follow me at KBIZZL311. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Leave those five-star ratings and reviews. It really does help the show keep growing and lets us chase down the Kelsey brothers in new heights. Shout out to them. Uh, but go leave a five-star review on Apple. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash at Underground Sports Philadelphia. That's where you get full video episodes, live streams, clips, original content, shorts, everything video-wise goes right on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash at Underground Sports Philadelphia. Uh, big thank you to our sponsors who make this show happen, Main Auto LLC, Security 21 Security Systems, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated, the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland, and our amazing merch partners over at PHI Apparel Company. Guys, we've got the best big game shirt out there. Go to phiapparel.co in the football tab, Check out that Eagles Chiefs retro vintage look tee. We got it in hoodies as well. We want to make this thing the number one selling item on the website. PHIapparel.co. Use code UNDERGROUND. You get 10% off. That's how they know that you're coming from us. Uh, so go to PHIapparel.co. Get geared up for the big game. And uh, if you order now, you'll have your shirt or your hoodie in time for February 12th. So go get your merch. Get your podcast merch as well. Tag us, tweet at us when you get it, and uh, we want to see where you're rocking your merch from heading in to the big game. But this has been episode number 504 of Underground Sports Philadelphia. For Matt, I'm KB. Next week, anniversary show, five years. It's crazy. We got some big stuff planned. But until then, we'll catch you on the next one, and we are signing off. Peace. I'm